Apartments.com believes having a gym in your building does way more than just get you in shape. It turns your entire life around and is a great place to scope out the hot guy that lives in your building. And by guy, I mean guys. Having a gym in your building makes it 10 times more likely that you actually end up, show up, and work out. I mean, it's five floors down or whatever it is. And you'll be saving money on a gym membership that you'll go to probably half as much. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live is easy. Apartments.com hosts more rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. Or a treadmill, for that matter. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. everybody. Guten Tag. Greetings from Europe. I am sitting in my hotel room right now with an oat milk cappuccino extra from. I just said froth and foam together. It's a new fucking thing because I am way too good for Starbucks now. I am a cultured queen with a K. Just kidding. I am the most fucking hated person at this hotel right now, but we will get into that in a minute. So I landed in Austria on Friday and I just want to start off by saying the people in Vienna, Austria are so fucking hot. I thought I was on the set of a movie. Just the hottest men I've ever seen in my entire life. The type of dudes that make you wish you were traveling alone and you could act on it. You know what I'm saying? And so well-dressed. I forgot how casual and disheveled it's okay to look in America. I was the only bitch wearing Lululemon leggings in a hundred mile radius. I did not bring my Uggs though, so everybody settle the fuck down. Then after getting ran out of Austria, I flew to Geneva for a wedding. The actual wedding took place in this remote town on the border of France and Switzerland. (sighs) Rich people shit. It was magical. And now I am in Switzerland, which is somewhere that I've been wanting to go forever. I save every fucking Instagram travel video I see from Switzerland. And I just got to say, Switzerland is kind of creeping me out. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. It's, I think it's just almost too perfect. And I'm trying to explain it. You look outside your window and it's hills of green and there's cows and the cows are even gorgeous. There's little cute cottages. It looks like a postcard and it's so fucking quiet. Also too quiet. Silence of the lambs vibes. And I just keep thinking there has to be a crazed maniac that's about to jump out at me behind a stack of hay or some shit. It's probably my fault honestly, because I love to freak myself out. It started in Austria. I was ordering a Wiener schnitzel. And just based on word association, 
I started to think of Fritzel, schnitzel, Fritzel. He popped into my head. If any of you guys are into true crime, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. You guys should look it up. The Fritzel case. It's about this Austrian guy named Josef Fritzel who locked up his fucking daughter in an underground cellar when she was 18 and kept her there for 25 fucking years or something like that. Never let her out. Would rape her every single day. She had seven children with him. And I don't know. I just feel like there's a bunch of Fritzels running around or have their daughter locked in their basement. I like want to go save all of them. I just, I've had the heebie-jeebies. It'll probably go away. I'm probably just misinterpreting my regular anxiety that I always have in America and like putting it on to Switzerland. I will look into that. But I have also been yelled at more times on this trip than I did when I was a little kid. Germans do not fuck around. Swiss Germans, I should say. For example, I was just on a call outside on my balcony of this really fancy hotel that overlooks Switzerland. And this lady two balconies down kept popping her head out and looking at me. And finally, and I can't do the fucking accent. I'm not even going to try. But she was like, um, excuse me, your husband was just on a business call earlier out here. And now you come out here to talk on the phone again. I was like, A, that is not my husband, lady. Don't know where you got that from. B, why are you insinuating because I'm a woman that this isn't a business call, right? Like I don't deserve to be on the fucking phone. C, why the fuck am I not allowed to talk on my own balcony outside of my own hotel room? And she said that I was talking loudly and people are on vacation and this is not the place to be doing that. Like, okay, I did fuck around with her a little bit. I was like, I'm gonna whisper. And then she was like, you should. And then I was like, oh my God, is it late? It must be 11 p.m. That's why you're saying that. She was like, no, it's 5 p.m., whatever. She probably was just like, I fucking hate these Americans. That is just one of many examples. And I don't understand it because I'm a really respectful person. I guess I just need to be like one of those little kids you see in the mall with the fucking backpack leashes being dragged around by their parents because clearly I am a liability. But I've gotten yelled at multiple times. This morning, there was like a pastry and it was wrapped in like a plastic wrap. And I was like picking it up to see what it was. And then this lady in German said something. And then I was like, I don't speak German. And then she was like, you can look with your eyes, not your hands. I've gotten I've gotten in a little bit of trouble. But you know what? I fucking love it here. And I might move here. Anyways, I'm having a great time feeling very blessed to see different places of the world, even though I'm sure I'm being placed on the no-fly list after this, I'm starting to have fun podcasting again. And that makes me really happy. I was in a little bit of a rut for a second. I do have to tell you guys, I am taking next week off. This has been on the schedule for a while. So don't fret. Nothing crazy is happening 
We will be right back to regularly scheduled programming the following week. I am also so fucking excited for today's guest. I would have never thought I would have a guest like this on, but I'm ecstatic about it. Her name is Mystic Michaela. She is a celebrity aura reader, and I am clearly a celebrity. Hence why she is here with me today. Michaela specializes in seeing colors, which are your auras, around people in which she receives messages, visions, and even departed loved ones channeling themselves through the person she's reading. Even if this is not something you have ever dabbled in yourself or don't believe in, just listen with an open mind and at the very least, maybe be entertained by it. She's probably going to tell me my aura is black and I'm getting sucked into the underworld. But here we fucking go and stay tuned for questions at the end. Okay, Michaela, so nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you. Me too. I'm so excited. I did a deep dive into all of the stuff you're doing. And aside, you're a lot of things, right? You're like podcaster extraordinaire. Everyone go check out her podcast. But what I find fascinating is you are an aura reader. And I need you to A, explain to me what that is for us folk that have no clue what the hell that is. Okay. And we can start there. Yeah, I see colors around people. I always have. I didn't know what it was good for until a while, like until much later (laughs) into my life, actually, because I was a teacher and then I would use it. I'm like, oh, these colors mean something. What auras are is it's an energy signature around everyone. It's everybody. There's five main aura colors. Most people have a combination of two. But what I realized is over time, like they mean things. And what they mean is they control every aspect of your life from every relationship, from how you work out to your motivation, to even like sexual chemistry with somebody. Like these are these forces around you that if you understand a little bit more about yourself, you can understand yourself, other people. You can make choices that reflect more like what you should be doing, not what you think you should be doing, if that makes sense. That's basically what it is. Wow. Okay. So you basically see color around people is kind of a simple way to put it. Yeah. I... My family's psychic. So I come from a psychic family, but we were raised like super Catholic. So it was very confusing because it was like, (laughs) it was like, oh yeah, we're psychics, but don't tell anybody because it's also bad. And we're like, okay. But anyway, so I would always, so super confusing and conflicting. So I have like lots of issues, but they help me help other people because one of the big things is with auras in, in my own journey and like coming out, I guess, about being able to see them is that we all have something that we have to kind of come out about with ourselves. And I would see them from a young age. I didn't know what they meant. Like I knew red people were a little more intense. Like I would know this about it. But then I was actually a Spanish teacher for middle school. Like that's why I I wanted to be a normal person. And then I would see the colors (laughs) around the kids. And it was like, oh, you know, okay. So they learn better if I do this with green kids or red kids learn better with competition or like whatever. And then it got like, heavy. Then it got deeper. Then I got like broken home stuff. And then I would get messages. Then I would get names. So within our energy field, we carry, it's almost like the iCloud of information around us. (sighs) That's just carrying all our stuff. And 
I feel like we all have that ability. Like, I'm sure you do. Like, you just read vibes on somebody. That's what it is. It's feeling a vibe. Right. Oh, my God. This is fascinating. I think that you are probably a lot more in tune with people's energies and their vibes. Like, I'll be like, "Mm, I'm not really feeling that vibe, but then I'll like push it away and then I'll end up dating that person for, (laughs) you know, five years. And it's like, why did you not listen to like your vibe, whatever the hell it is, your vibe reader? Oh my God, vibe reader. Vibe reader. sounds like vibrator. Yes, yes. They're like, it's truly, it's, but with you, you are a vibrator because, but, and I will often see just what you said. Cause you're like a mic drop empath. That's what I call people like you. There's not like a ton of, like, it's like when you get it, like it comes probably quick and hard at you. So, oh my gosh, I obviously am dying to know when I was telling my boyfriend, I was doing this. He was like, do you think she could read, you know, my aura? And I'm like, you know what? We'll take care of you in a minute. So if we could back up, you said I have some blue and some, I mean, you, you tell me, okay. You tell me what I've got going on. When I look at you and I'm, and and I like looking at you on zoom, not that you're, you do anything different. Like you're very authentic, but in like your Instagram or like when I look at you kind of like out, you know, with your, I guess more media stuff, you use your purple as like this big buffer. It is who you are, but I also feel like it's how you protect the blue in you, which is more kind of like the the vulnerable parts, I feel. So when I look at you, it's a lot of purple. So yeah, you do have good intuition. Obviously, you're really authentic. I feel like when people aren't authentic, it can trigger you. You know, I feel like it's like, I'm real, you be real. You know, like you're not judgmental, but like you can be judgmental if somebody's trying to act different than they are. I feel like that's kind of your your light work, <laughs> you know, in this yes. world. It's like just don't make other people feel bad. Like just be you and and so they can be them. But there is a core in you, this blue part, and I'm seeing it now. And it's kind of something I feel like you can keep things private when you have to. I feel like that's the part of you that can get hurt, that has been hurt. I feel like that's the part of you that like you're loyal, you're ride or die. And like there's when somebody cracks that or when you really feel it takes a lot, I feel like for you, because you can give a lot of passes. But then when somebody when you feel someone's intention was actually to hurt you, like that was it wasn't just an accident or oops or they were having a bad day or like that, I feel like it's the part you need to protect. And you do. So that's what I see when I look at you, like a lot of purple. But the blue is something that you show you know, when maybe you feel more comfortable, those situations. Got it. And so the blue is like a mic drop empath is how you explained it. Yes. Like you just get truth. Like it hits you hard and you're just like blurted out. Like, Hey, I have to tell you this thing, or I have to be honest with you, or this is how I feel. You know? Yes. I also call it like purple shaming. When people are purple, they get a lot of information or, and then they get shamed for it. Like you shouldn't say that, or, but you're trying to help. So I can see that with people who, who are purple, like you, like, you know, just a very vibrant mic drop empath personality. Uh, I love that mic drop, empath. <laughs> mic drop empath. You know what? I totally agree with you. I think if I'm feeling any certain way, you know, a lot of people, if they are dealing with like a negative emotion, the first thing they do is they like hide it or they keep it to themselves or they try to cover it up. I am the opposite where I'm like, 
everyone needs to know that I like feel like shit. I'm going to talk to anyone who will listen. And like, I, I can't keep things to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is a purple thing to do because being purple, um, aside from being intuitive and creative and kind of just somebody who it's like you don't mind being out there so that other people can feel encouraged to do the same thing. It's just kind of like, hey, like I had a bad day too. Let's talk about it. And when somebody withholds or pretends that they don't have that or wants to, I don't know, give somebody else the pretense that their life is perfect. It's just not, it's not real. So that can be triggering. And I find that so triggering. I was just at this wedding, gorgeous wedding, amazing, beautiful people, but a lot of people that I don't know personally. And with that comes a lot of small talk, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful here. Da, 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 da. And doing small talk, it drains me like no other. Oh my God. You know, and a lot yes. of people can do it and it like doesn't affect them. But for me, I'm like, I just talked about the setting of this wedding for an hour straight. I'm going to the hotel room to like chill for a second, you know? Well, you have double empath colors. See, purple and blue are both empath colors. So it's like double empath. Some people have like an empath color with like a non-empath color so they can handle like, oh, let's talk about the weather or like, I don't know who was the caterer or whatever. And like for you, that's just like, oh my God, can we not, we have to talk about the vibes (laughs) or this couple, oh my God, like they are not going to last, right? Like we, I need somebody to hear me about the drunk bridesmaid. She does not look well. Like there's just, and if there's no one to talk to about that, you can like self-implode and then you have to go, yeah, and isolate away from people because you're a double empath as well. So your boundaries are not, you don't have as many boundaries as other people, Mm -hmm. which is fine. I think like, understanding where your boundaries are is something that helps us all, I guess, like spiritually grow or whatever. And creating your own boundary, like running away to your hotel room and just taking a shower is important at some point. Yeah. Right. And I'm assuming the fakeness and the small talk, I think that is draining for an empath, but just being a double empath, which you just told me I am, that Mm -hmm. in itself is draining, right? Because like, I can't just like go and be talking to people without feeling every fucking emotion that's like going on around me. Yes. And plus you being so extra purple, you have this thing and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm like talking to you like, and you like, but you have this thing (laughs) I feel like, but like I get this thing from you where you feel like you have to raise the energy in the room. So like it's like when you walk, you're like, oh, I better be on. I better be on top of it. Oh, that person doesn't look like they're having fun. Better include them. And it's almost like I'm responsible for making this party or this area or this conversation. I don't know, flow or move or be vibrant. And that in itself, because you pick up other people's like lulls or awkwardness or like whatever, you're like making up for compensating. And that can be so exhausting. Oh my God. No one has ever brought this to my attention. And it's so fucking real. And I think that like, I have always been, and I hate like referring to myself this way, but it's just true, like a quote unquote party girl. And I swear to God, like that is part of it. Like that's part of why is because I'm like, no one will have a bad time at this party. I will make sure of it. I will do whatever I need to do, you know? And I guess like, aside from just (laughs) loving alcohol and drugs, I'm like, I'm (laughs) kidding, but it's my empathy. Yeah. With purples, with you being so purple, there's like two reasons to be kind of a partier. And like, you're like, and usually it's the same. It happens at the same time. One, 
it's so freaking stressful. You need to escape from all the feelings. So it's like, okay, let's have like three more drinks. Let's, let's take a hit of this, like whatever, just because it's so overwhelming. And then two, you know, like at the beginning of the parties, like it's always weird or people don't know what to do or it's not fun yet. Like there always needs to be like, it's like a purple sacrificial lamb. Like the one that's going to be like, okay, I'm going to do the thing that's going to get you all like whatever. And that's you probably sometimes you're like, I'll do it. I'll be that person. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Wow. Yes. Oh my God. That is like so fucking interesting. So I'm a purple and a blue and they're both empathic colors. Yeah. Can you change your color or is like the color you're born with your color forever? Usually, honestly, like, and I would love to see a picture of you as a kid. I bet you were so much. I'll ask for people like, can I see your picture as a kid? Because like, I'll just take a guess that I bet you were like way more blue or something. Um, But I just have this feeling like it flip flopped just a little bit, but we'll see. And I bet you had pink as a kid too. But anyways, usually you stay about the same. I mean, listen, like life screws you up, you know, like things happen. You like anything we build aura scars, we have aura scar tissue. I mean, usually you're the same colors. It feels better when you stay the same colors. It feels better when you understand why you might've changed a little bit. Um, because then you're like, okay, I understand how that affected me. Usually people stay the same. I will see people wear, and now this is like aura 2.0 in authentic colors. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's like AP aura. Um, it's like inauthentic colors. I'll see people wear. Now, these are people who don't feel like they can survive the way that they are in life. So I feel like with you and I'd have to like, this is just like a reading thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I feel like you tried to live life as like a normal person for a while. And then you just pur- purple bombed it, which is like when you're just like, I have to leave and walk out and just freak everybody out and make them wonder what I'm doing and go live my, you know, podcasting, authentic writer self. Yes. But not everybody makes that transition. So if you choose to stay in situations where it's not really you, but you feel like this is this is it, you can start developing colors that aren't yours. Okay. And that feels really shitty when you do that. Does does not feel good. Okay. So, I mean, these colors are like the your energy and like, it's really more about embracing, learning what they are, embracing them and understanding what they mean for you. Right. And like how you like live in the world. It's not about like, fuck, I want to be a red. Like (laughs) I'm going to strive to be a red today. The best color is the one that you are. And even if you don't see colors, honestly, it's just being true to yourself. It's the vibe. It's the journey you take. Like who, who am I? Like, Like with a lot of purple people, they don't like nine to fives, but like in our society, it's like, you have to work nine to five. It's like with purple people, it's like, I can't do that. Like I feel suffocating. I feel like I'm going to die. That then the anxiety creeps in. Then it becomes, then you start self-destructive stuff with like other substances or whatever. Little things Uh like that, you know, now yellow people, they love a nine to five. They like structure. They like the same day over and over again sometimes, you know, like, so it really depends Society is kind of built, honestly, for different aura colors than what a lot of us are and definitely not for empaths. So we tend to think, oh, I'm not a good person if I don't do the things everybody else is doing and I won't be able to survive unless I fit in. And that's not true. You just have to carve your own way. It's work. It's work. You know. Right. But you but you do it. I saw something on your website. You kind of do this thing. It's spiritual healing. Is that what you refer to it as? Yeah, I call it like spiritual spiritual life guidance. It's just my own special blend because like when I sit down and do a reading with somebody, I start with the aura 
And then just like stuff comes up like patterns or just like childhood. Sometimes loved ones on the other side pop in. It's really, I tend to get people who are in transition. Like I tend to get people who are like, all right, I need to figure out what's next for me. And I need to understand myself and feel validated. And my goal or my mission is everybody can do this for themselves. Like I want people to take that power for themselves because we all have that ability. So I strive to, I guess, teach everybody to do that for themselves. I mean, you just told me what my two colors are and I want to spend the next eight hours of for you to tell me like what I need to do in my life to be a super happy blue and purple, but we'll, we'll have a follow-up. You'll come back on. You told us a little bit about yellow. Can you kind of walk me through like the colors and what they mean? Sure. So like red people are really direct. And by the way, like I said, if you don't you don't have to see the colors. You can feel the vibe. Everyone has a vibe. Right. You all are able to feel it. So red people are super direct, assertive, very take charge leaders. And they have like good, natural, like instinctual, animalistic energy about others. These are like firefighters or CEOs or business people or like that. Blue people we talked about. Yeah, they're naturally mm-hmm. empathic, sensitive, compassionate. Yellow people are very organized, curious. They're multitaskers. They love to self-improve. They're very direct and honest. They can be perceived as cold sometimes by other people. These are like your real estate agents or marketing people or whatnot. Purples we talked about. And then green people. These are, I love green people. So green people are like logical and intellectual. They're usually a little techie. They're detail oriented. They're thinkers. They're really passionate about stuff. The rest of us are like, okay, I don't know. Like, you know, but they're, and they look at the rest of us like, this isn't that hard, but we're like, I don't understand you. (laughs) I don't understand you. They're usually like your engineers or their scientists, like all those kind of Right. Smart people jobs like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so are those all the colors, the ones you just mentioned? Yeah. And then there's there's pink. There's like other aura colors, but they're more rare. So there's pink. That's like Britney Spears is a pink. So she's in the news a lot right now. Pink people like Marilyn Monroe, Anna Nicole Smith was a pink, Paris Hilton. These are like usually people that have like this naivete and they're often seen as like dumb or stupid and society loves to like just dump on them. Be- mm. But they have like a childlike innocence to them and usually their feminism gets like hijacked by society. And like Cardi B is pink too, but I love her because she's like, screw that. I'm just going to own it and none of you are going to take it from me. Anyway, so, and then there's That's indigo. So yeah, and indigo is just blue. It's like the same thing, just a little bit more or something. And then there's turquoise but not a lot of turquoise people. Turquoises are more into like, they're kind of funny. They're like acupuncturists or- Oh, okay. They're like green and purple together in a way. They're kind of like into pseudosciences, like spiritual things that are scientific like that. So for a purple or blue like myself, and I guess you a little bit as well, what are some things that I can focus on to be more centered and more balanced? For you particularly, I feel like you have a huge work ethic. Like, I, and that's a good thing. Like, I feel like your people underestimate you a lot. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I feel like, and I'm not just saying, like, you, you're very, you feel very intelligent to me. So I feel like all these things, sometimes it can be annoying when you get treated a certain way. And I get the message for you right now to align And it's not that you haven't been doing this. I just feel like it's the progression of it still happening. Align that intel, like own it and align it 
with the emotion, you know, like it's okay to be emotional or dramatic. Like that's part of how you process and how you work through things. And it doesn't mean you're any less capable or intelligent or any, or work ethic or anything like that. You just might be the person that, all right, I work at 4am and that's just, it works for me. Like I don't, you know, yes, it's unconventional. That's how I work, you know? So I feel like owning it even more and more and more and kind of stopping people in their tracks, which I feel like you do, Mm -hmm. but I can see that being a bit of a struggle for you because you don't want to like hurt people's feelings or disappoint their yes. image of you or their perception of you. So, but you're, you're very far along, Sophia, because just for you to be as open as you are and vulnerable as you are, that couldn't have come without a lot of sacrifices in your life. Yeah. So I feel like for you, that's how you feel more centered. You to embrace it and uh, and speak to it. Yeah. I definitely need to embrace it more than I am. I think you were like spot on with what you said. You said you came from a family of psychics. So what does that look like? Your mom was into it or was it your grandma? Or I'm so interested. My mom and her brother are both psychic mediums. One's in California, one's in Buffalo, New York. Um, And they're the first ones that like actually did it out in the open. Like, hey, here's our website. (laughs) Like that. Yeah. But up through my mom's side, they've always done it. It's just kind of been on the down low or just, you know, for neighbors. Right. Like, but it was all, like, we're going to church. Shut the fuck up. This never happened. Everybody happened. be quiet. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then now people are just out in the open about it. My family's very open about it. We're like, eh, we let the Catholic thing slide. <laughs> we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just like, it is what it is. But no, I think growing up with it, how do I say this? I knew other people didn't approve of it. And I'm an empath too, like you. So that didn't feel good. So I couldn't tell my friends and, and it, and it just, it made a lasting effect, but how many things in everyone's life do they feel like they can't share? Cause they feel like they won't be right. accepted or loved anymore. So that was like my thing, but it was always interesting. My mom knew I was going to meet my husband. She called it like before I met him. No she, way. Yeah. She said, you're going to meet a guy named Steve and you're going to ma- marry him. And two weeks later, on AOL Instant Messenger, because that's how old I am. <laughs> this guy <laughs> messaged me and his name was Steve, S-T-E-V-V-E, Steve with two Vs. And we just started talking and that's my husband, but his name's Scott. But for some reason, he used, the, I don't know, he thought he was funny. So how weird is that? Like, so. That's insane. Yeah, just little things like that. Like my cousin predicted, like when I was 16, she's like, you're going to meet your husband at 18 and have two kids and live in Florida. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Wow. And we always had paranormal activity growing up in the house just from all the readings and stuff. So I've seen. Okay. Yeah. You need to tell us about that immediately. I'm a firm believer in everything paranormal. I always have been. I've never had an experience, but it's just something that I believe. So I would love to hear about your experiences. So I like strive to make the paranormal normal. It's like my thing. Honestly. Oh, I love that. Yes. Make I like the paranormal, paranormal normal. normal. Let's do it. <laughs> I... Grew up around the thing with being the paranormal is, um, or are people on the other side? It's not scary when you see them. It's more like okay, like that, because it's like you feel like you shouldn't be seeing it, but you are. So, my whole life, I think the first time I, because we grew up in a house that was haunted by the woman who died there, and oh I think God. I was eight the first time I saw her. 
And she just appeared to me, like apparated to me and then went away. And it was like, okay. And I told my mom, she's like, okay, that's just the woman that lives there. No big deal. She just, you know, you were passing by what was her bedroom, which is our playroom. And so, I mean, I would hear kids laughing and I would tell my mom, mom, I heard a child laughing. Oh, I have a reading. The woman lost her son, you know, things like that. My whole life, I would just hear or feel or see things. It's happened here. It's happened in my own home because I do readings here. It's just them making themselves known because like their dimension is, or I guess home dimension is like, it's on top of ours. So it's, it's hard for us with our physical eyes to see it. So the more you activate your third eye actually, which is like between your eyebrows, the more you can, st- this is where I sound crazy. The more no, you can- not at all. You really don't at all to me. I no. when you said that, I'm like, I can't wait to ask her how to open up my third eye. So don't worry about that. Okay, at all. good. Cause I'll, I'll hear myself talking and I'm like, Oh God, I just started sounding no. nuts. <laughs> I was actually about to say, thank God you grew up in a family of psychics and mediums and whatever else. Because yeah. I was like, oh, imagine if her she was saying that to her mom and her mom was like, what the fuck is up with my kids? So I'm happy. Oh, yeah. I'm happy for you. Well, kids see it all the time because their third eyes haven't been shut down by society yet. So that's why mm. kids are the ones who are usually like, I see this or I see that or they have their invisible friends or whatever. And um because your third eye gets shut down by society. It's from a lot of people telling you that's not real or your ego, which is the human part of yourself, likes to shut that part of you down because it just makes living in this material world a little bit more difficult. So it gets shut down. You can open it up just through third eye meditations, tapping, like tapping your finger there. When you said as a kid, your third eye like isn't shut off yet and how we have imaginary friends and Maybe I'm kind of psychic because I did have two imaginary friends, John and Johnny from France. I remember when that I That is little. so were they brothers? Like what is that? Like uh, I don't I don't know. I just <laughs> literally remembered it and it's so funny cuz I was just in France, but That is really cool. Like I would ask your mom and stuff like what things that you used to say. And it's interesting that it just got triggered because you were just in France. So right. I was, yeah, because I'll see a lot of kids who, that's the other thing, like you can remember past lives. So especially when you're a kid, so you can remember things and then there's a little like leftovers. So I wonder if that was from like a leftover, if they were like your brothers, that's just what I got like a brother vibe. So I don't know if they were brothers from a past life and just you trying to bring in that bond into this one. You should ask your mom like what you used to say and stuff about it. No, I'm like going to call her right after this. I'm like so <laughs> excited. I just remembered that like I had those two imaginary friends. And I also, when people think of paranormal, we think of the movie Paranormal Activity and the <laughs> conjuring and all of that stuff. Yeah. And so you're saying like the moments you had when you were younger, where you experienced it, it's not scary at all. They're just people who died. Honestly, that's all they are. They're people who died. Now, I don't mess with things. Like, I don't do Ouija board and I don't like any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I always yeah. protect myself in the white light. I always add, like, God protects me. Like, but I was taught to do it correctly. I see, especially on like TikTok and stuff, there's like a lot of kids, like, oh, I'm going to try this. And they're not protected. Yes. And they have no boundaries. And that's when I get a little nervous. So with my own kids and stuff, it's like, no, no, we don't play with that. Because these are real forces. And just just like there's good or bad people, there's good and not so good people on the other side. With intentions, you have total control over what's allowed in. And I just say only the good stuff. And honestly, I've never been scared by anybody. 
I do readings. I, well, that's not true. Like when I started, I had this one reading and it scared the crap out of me. But yes. Can you please tell us? I'm like dying. So when I first started, because I think when I, you know, I was starting out, I wasn't, I don't know, boundaried off as I should have been to not so good stuff. So, um, and now I'm like better at it. But now uh, I had somebody come to my house and they were sitting down and this sound, I've never told anybody this, but their face, <laughs> Nancy, it's your purple. <laughs> you make people tell you things. Okay. <laughs> we're both going to be like telling each other our whole life story by the end of this. <laughs> I, cause I, I truly still have like nervousness that people think I'm crazy, but she was sitting in front of me. No, I, I know. Thank you, Sophia. Of course. Her face turned into this, like, I don't, I can't explain it because I don't know what I was looking at, but it looked like an Aztec or, uh, I don't know, Incan or something native to that part of the world, like a mask. And it it freaked me out so bad. I just finished up the reading. I didn't even charge her. I'm like, okay, bye. You know, this is on me. Just go, go. And I didn't do readings for like a few weeks after that because I was, I felt very infiltrated by whatever energy she was bringing with her. Wow. I have chills right now listening to you. It freaked me out. It wasn't good stuff. Right. I I can imagine. And so you like got scared. Did you like call your mom or like your brother (laughs) who like knows about that type of stuff? Yeah, I call my mom and she's like, listen, you just have to pray. You got to white, you know, you got to do incense, white light, you know, then, then the Catholic stuff comes out, like put rosaries everywhere, you know, like <laughs> right. get, yeah. get married, statues going, you know, like, so I did all that, you know, then you turn like super Catholic. <laughs> right. You have like the rosary in one hand rosary. and like the sage in the other. I got, like a it. crown on Mary. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm like. And then it's like, but now I don't like to be the psychic that's like, okay, you know, this is where you're going to meet your man or whatever. I'm more about like life altering realizations about yourself, self-healing, validating, and then, you know, moving on to your authentic life now. Right. Is there a specific aura color that tends to be a bad person or are there bad people in any aura color really? Aura colors don't really control who you are. They just control how you act. So here's my serial okay. killer metaphor. Serial killers are usually green. Now, <laughs> the, this is okay. <laughs> okay. And this I is love why. it so much. Yeah, be, <laughs> because, <laughs> all right, because here's why. Now, all aura colors kill, okay? Like red people, they'll kill out of passion. That's the one, like, they come home. They see, like, oh, my God, my husband's in bed with another woman. I'm going to kill everybody. Okay, like that. Or or blue people, they'll poison people a lot. Like, so every aura color kills. But green people, and and they just get the bad rap for it when they happen to be killers, is because they're meticulous. Now, green people, if you've ever lived with a green mm. person, they're really weird about you eating in their car, or they're, like, really funny about the way they do things. They, like, take things apart and then put them back together. They're kind of detail-oriented and a little a little odd or focused on it. So when they kill, they act like that. And then it's like, wow. And then they can be a little just in their own world and they think everybody thinks like they do. So like when it's like obvious, I don't know, they killed somebody and you're like, hey, why did he say that? That's so weird that he's acting sad and he doesn't look sad at all. It's because in their own head, they can think that they got away with it. But it doesn't mean green people are killers. It just means if you happen to be a killer and you're green, that's how you act. So no, there's no bad color. It's just intentions are bad depending on who you are as a person. Right, right. It's who you are. It's how you act, not who you are. 
It's a filter. It it's a filter. Yes. It, that's all it is. That actually is like a quality I wish I had more of is just kind of like the ruthless, like cutthroat type of personality. And it's just not me. You know what? It's not you. And I feel like, but your, your strength is being able to say what you just said. Like for you to say that, that is like powerful, you know, to be able to say like, I don't know how to be so ruthless. I'm two steps ahead of them. Yeah. I don't know how to spin a tail so that I'm creating a narrative that looks good on paper, but you know, isn't, isn't true. I don't know how to do that. And you saying that is really powerful because that just says it all. That's your superpower that you can admit that that's not who you are. That's not what you do. And, And it's sad when people do that to you. Yes, it it is. I do see what you're saying. Like it is powerful in itself. I'm going to, I want to send you a picture when I was younger. I wish I like had one on me, but I honestly like mine. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, wider looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus, it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb, so whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Look. You've had a long day, your boss is annoying you, your boyfriend is accusing you of something you didn't even do, and your sibling is asking you for money. That's like an everyday thing for me. While I don't have all the answers, I do know that we have the power to change any situation we're in in a flash, in a snap. We can turn it into a celebration 
And a little glass of wine is just the thing to turn your day around sometimes. But of course, you just realized you ran out of everything. Luckily for you, our friends over at DoorDash have you covered. If you're in the mood to treat yourself or just want to make sure you are always hostess with the mostess ready, DoorDash is your go-to without you having to move from your couch. And it's convenient. Do you know how heavy a handle of tequila is? How about five of them? Exactly. Plus the alcohol selection at DoorDash is top-notch. You will find what you're looking for. Beer, wine, mixers, and even mocktails for the non-alcoholic girlies can be delivered straight to your door. So get your drinks in hand without lifting a finger with DoorDash. And use code SOFIA24 to get 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more on drinks through DoorDash. For eligible users only, terms apply, must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. I don't know if if it's just because you're in Europe or something and then it's like taking so long. I probably shouldn't have sent you 28. (laughs) (laughs) pictures oh I got it I got it okay oh my god okay well I gotta find one I like oh your mom these are cute okay this is good okay when I look at you as a little a little one here Sophia and I have to sometimes when I look at kid pictures I have to talk to you like you're not you or whatever so when I look at this child (laughs) I get you're so sweet like honestly you're just like a burst of blue well I gotta look at this other picture interesting oh I like this one now in this one where you're in overalls you do. You have. This is cute. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. Oh, it's so Please. cute. You're so cute. You're okay. So like, again, so much blue. But oh, you do. You lost the pink, but that's okay. I feel like you'll you're bringing it back now. Um, it's like that femininity, yes. that feminine energy or whatnot. I feel like there's something with your family where I get there's a lot of focus on doing your best there is a lot of focus on yeah being I guess like independent and stable and the person you know getting it done and success not in a bad way just kind of just but there is a lot of pressure I feel right and then I had a little pink and the pink went away but it can come back if I want it to yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite color oh is it you get that pink looks the best on me. That's that's the issue here. Yeah. Well, in your like when I look at your Instagram or like when you do kind of more of a purposed shot or whatever, I see right. it. I see it like sparkling a little. It's there. Kind there's like a shadow of it. It's there. It's just right because like what I look at Brittany. Look what happened to her. You know, like people take advantage of that. So it's oh yeah yeah. And you're out in the world, and it's very difficult. To, to have that vulnerability and that magic all at the same time and, and not be taken for a spin. So that's the right. thing with pinks. They're just, they're like children in a lot of ways. Right. And also I think like the vulnerability 
just in the work that we do, it's like up for public consumption. <laughs> so like you have people being like, I fucking hate that podcast or like you're ugly or like I fucking hate like whatever. You can see all the negative comments. That makes it hard to be super vulnerable too. But I would not have any other job. I feel very, very fortunate. I'm sure you do as well. I do. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I think we are running out of time. I Can we please tell everybody about your amazing podcast? Tell us about that. Thank you so much. Yeah, so you can find me. Um, I have my podcast, Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela, and I'm on Instagram at Mystic Michaela, and you can pre-order my book, The Angel Numbers Book, on simonandschuster.com. Great, and do you do, because I already know so many of my sleuths, which are my listeners, are going to ask, like, if you do sessions, like, do you do sessions like this over a camera where you can, like, tell them what their auras are? Yeah, I do readings. I do email readings. I have, like, events. I, I try to, like, do a lot of different things um, to just get the aura, yeah. the aura word out there. <laughs> I actually, I just remembered... When I went to DM you, I had seen that you had sent me a DM previously and it was a picture of me next to my mugshot and you said (laughs) something so cute and hilarious. It was like, those are your two auras or something. And I was like, I love this bitch. Thank you. You know, mugshot auras, they're real. You know what I mean? Like that was a day and I love it. And it was just raw. And it's just like, screw you. I'm being purple right now. You know? And I feel like I just fell in love with that. I fell in love with your mugshot. Like, this is my, this is my best friend. She doesn't know it yet. (laughs) I fucking love that so much. I was just having a different aura type of day. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Bad weather or a day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, Michaela, thank you so, 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 so much. And I'm sure I will have you back on. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Sophia. Can you feel it, Sloots? The days are getting warmer and spring has officially sprung, which means spring break is here. Which, for the older folk, that basically means people are going outside, they're staying outside, and they are staying out way longer. But the thing is, who wants to deal with those post-party struggles? I know I don't. I mean, I quite literally and physically can't at this stage in my life. And that's where my spring break essential comes in, which is Taste Salute. Say goodbye to the Sunday Scaries with Taste Salute's hydrating drink mixes. Listen, I started my spring break a little bit early last weekend when my best friend Allie came to town And we had a night or two on the town. And how I felt, honestly, come Monday morning was better than any spring break party you can imagine. And that is a rare occurrence for me and has only started happening since I've started drinking Taste Salute religiously. Because unlike those big name brands we all know, Salude knocks it out of the park with their one-of-a-kind flavors. I'm drinking one right now. And no, it's not because I plan on drinking any kind of alcohol, but just because I'm trying to get hydrated and energized, I'm obviously drinking the horchata flavor. 
but you got to enjoy flavors like cucumber lime, hibiscus, and they even have mocktails now. Say hello to Paloma and Strawberry Margarita. Filled with electrolytes and vitamins that support hydration and boost immunity with less sugar. I'm talking only one gram of sugar per stick. This is exactly what you need to get your Sunday fun day going, regardless of what the rest of the day entails. And here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Enjoy 10% off your first purchase with the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 at Taysalud.com. Cheers to health this spring break season with Taysalud. Excited about this one, guys. I'm getting in my grown woman bag. I'm entering my wifey era at full speed and no one can stop me because I've been investing in myself and in my kitchen. I used to buy the absolute cheapest cookware I could possibly find and mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm, not the move. The move is high quality, thoughtfully designed, non-toxic, and incredibly cute cookware from, drumroll please, Great Jones. You are welcome. Great Jones cookware is so stunning. You will actually want to cook. It's like getting a new super cute slash hot workout set, you'll be at the gym later that day. No question. My Dutch baby from Great Jones, aka the cutest baby pink Dutch oven in the color taffy, I keep that shit on display. That is when I'm not using it. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to nonstick pans, Great Jones has it all. I got my first skillet, you guys. Like, fuck an engagement ring. I can't wait to actually make all the recipes I have saved but never touched because I was ill-equipped. But now, I'll let y'all know when Sleutsgiving dinner is because I am prepared. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old, rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SOFIA. That's greatjones.com, promo code SOFIA. Okay, it is time for SOS, Save Our Sleuths. Let's get into questions, stories, and advice. Number one, my best friend and boyfriend talk every day, have a snap streak, and she posts things on social media of him from time to time. She is also very touchy with him, like insisting on hugging him every time she sees him, and one time even held his hand right in front of me. When I went out of town, they hung out alone and carpooled alone to hang out with our other couple friends, 
just the four of them. I have made numerous comments on how just them talking every day makes me uncomfortable and everyone is making me out to be crazy for being so mad. Am I crazy or do I have a point? Ooh, no, honey. Mm-mm-mm. Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely fucking not. This whole situation is a no-go. The people saying you are crazy are a no-go. As someone who has dated a dude who would spend a lot of time with women he claimed were his best friends and would have sleepovers with them and shit, the shit's toxic, it's unhealthy, and it needs to stop ASAP because it can make you fucking crazy. Not to mention, this is your best friend? It's not even his? Nope, no. For the two of them to be holding hands in front of you, your friend is hanging out with your boyfriend when you're not there on some double date type shit? Uh Uh-uh. This is not a real friend, first of all. We'll get to the fucking dude in a second because he's scum and he's done and he's gone. But let's talk about your friend. She knows what she's doing. Your best friend sounds to me like a recall pick me girl. And I don't fucking trust her. Girls can be, unfortunately, and I'm sure men can be the same, but they can just be really shysty and insecure and snaky. And it literally makes my stomach do Simone Biles backflips. I've done a lot of crazy shit. I have never been the girl who flirts with or tries to make moves on my friend's man ever. You have done the first step already, and I'm really proud of you for that, which is telling your boyfriend that the shit makes you uncomfortable. Obviously, that wasn't enough. So I think at this point, you need to dump him. And while you're at it, your best friend needs to be dumped along with him They both clearly do not respect you and you will be just fine without them. I promise. Okay, next. Starting off with huge fan of the show. So recently I reached my mid-20s. I am a girl and this means I have now gotten hemorrhoids in my goddamn asshole for the first time. Nobody told me how itchy they are. Anyways, My boyfriend has been doing this thing where he eats my asshole and sticks his nose in my pussy at the same time. Super fucking hot. And what a gem. But how do I mention that the main pleasure I derive from it is the fact that his beard scruff itches my asshole hemorrhoids. Should I say anything at all on that ordeal? We live together, so if I go buy hemorrhoid cream, he will know what's up. Guys, I'm recording this from the hotel room, and I'm literally petrified that the room next to me can, like, fucking hear what I'm saying. Anyways, I am crying (laughs) at this question. It's too good. I will say I feel a little relieved. And I don't know about the rest of the sleuths out there in their 20s. I thought I was the only one. I don't know if it's hemorrhoids or what, but my bowel movements are few and far between. 
these days. And the few times I do have them, not fun, not fun at all. So it makes me feel better. I'm not the only one. Wow, maybe I should have my guy grow his beard out and give me some relief. Honestly, congrats on finding a sexy way to relieve your hemorrhoid discomfort. For health reasons, I think maybe you should get this checked out by a doctor. You and I both, girlfriend, because I don't know if his beard hair is like the treatment you should be looking for. And by the way, please make sure that his beard is being shampooed and combed through before he's eating your ass and eating your hemorrhoids. (laughs) But really, you don't need to tell him any of this, any of this at all. He doesn't need to know how much pleasure you're getting from his beard scruff, beard hairs scratching your hemorrhoid. I say always be real with your partner, but I think that's one you can keep to yourself. And as far as buying hemorrhoid cream without him knowing, bitch, I have hid way worse things from my boyfriend. And I am positive you could find a good hiding spot if you needed to. But you don't need to. Just be real with him. And let him know you have hemorrhoids. Don't let him know you want his fucking dingleberry hairs scratching them. He doesn't need to know that. But really, who gives a fuck? His asshole, I promise you, just knowing men, his asshole is way worse off than yours with a hemorrhoid any day. Just let him know what the fuck is up. Own it. My hemorrhoid queen. Okay, next. Oh my God, this one triggered me. Sophia, you are trapped on an island with one person. Your choices are Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos. Who are you picking? I would literally rather mop the ocean with a Swiffer than be trapped on an island with either of these motherfuckers. I would rather paint a wall with a Q-tip, the wall of China, than be put in this predicament. Is death not a fucking choice here? Because I really don't want to answer this. If you're going to make me choose, okay, I would probably say Branson. Usually, I would go with a higher net worth individual because, duh, but... I imagine I would probably end up having sex with whoever I chose because a bitch would end up getting horny after months of being stranded on an island. And thinking about fornicating with Jeff Bezos makes me ill. I would rather make love to a volleyball like Wilson from the movie Castaway before I let Jeff enter me or masturbating with a tree branch. Plus, Richard Branson is kind of hot. You heard me. Okay, next. Thoughts on food sex. Is it worth trying? Love you, Sophia. Okay, I'm not going to lie. At first, I didn't understand the question. I initially thought you meant like trying out foods that increase libido, like oysters and shit like that. But I did my research and... I realized when you say food sex, you meant a messy sexual fetish where you get covered in food. 
also known as sploshing. Splish, splash, now we're taking a bath. I'm so, except in sex and food juice. So sploshing is where you derive sexual pleasure from sitting on food. Apparently, there are certain foods that are very popular in this realm of food sex, and the porn is called Wham. That's short for something. I didn't research that fucking much, okay? I'm not doing a thesis for college, okay? But, I mean, I've heard of this with whipped cream and strawberries, you know, licking whipped cream off of your nipples or your pussy. I'm totally down with that. Totally down. Or using a cucumber as a dildo. I mean, that shit is child's play. If someone wanted me to sit on, I don't know, a filet mignon dinner and there's like mashed potatoes and seasonal vegetables, I was about to say no, but now that I'm saying it out loud, like I would probably fucking try it. Why not? I think that's like a kink I would be down to try. I remember my girlfriend told me, and I will never forget it. She was in Vegas hooking up with this guy for the first time who ended up being her boyfriend. And there were a bunch of cupcakes and she grabbed one and like smeared it on his face. And then he grabbed one and was smearing it on her. And then they were like fucking and licking off the frosting. And it was like the hottest story she ever told me. So I'm down. Even if it's, you know, barbecue sauce or A1 sauce, whatever the fuck. Let me know how it goes. I am very intrigued and hungry now. All right, next. Hey, Sophia. I have been sleeping with this super hot guy that I met at a bar a couple months ago. I picked him out and decided I wanted to fuck him, so I did. We have spent multiple nights together since then and have fucked many times. He never uses a condom, but I noticed one day he had a huge box of condoms by his bed. What does this mean? Is there a reason he isn't using a condom with me, but has them for other girls? I know I'm probably not the only girl he is fucking because we haven't had that talk or anything. And I'm also fucking other guys. I'm not jealous if he's fucking other girls, but does the fact that he has these condoms and isn't using them on me mean something? I've even asked him if he uses those condoms and he just said, yeah, sometimes. What does this mean? Does he only use them on girls he thinks are dirty? Am I the only girl he is fucking raw or are there most likely others? Please help. Love you and your show forever. Uh Uh-huh. The age-old question. So I have been in a similar spot as you, except it was me asking my now boyfriend why we didn't use a condom the first night we hooked up, even though he had a nice stash in his nightstand. I couldn't get a direct answer out of him. Trust me, I tried but I did get some insight. There are two things at play here. Number one is if you are not asking him to put one on, he's not going to put one on. A lot of dudes will have condoms on standby just in case the girl they want to fuck requests one. So that's one thing. Secondly, men 
do like to play what we call condom poker. They will, for whatever stupid reason, decide that they should use a condom with one girl and not the other. How they reach that conclusion is beyond me. I have no fucking clue. It's obviously very dumb considering anyone can get an STD and any girl might decide that they want to have their baby. So it's really stupid. I don't know the psyche of men that well, although I know it pretty well. I need to have like a straight dude on here and have them answer that question. But your other question was, are you the only one he is fucking raw? Probably not. Does him fucking you raw mean anything romantically? Like, oh my God, he's not using one. He must really be into me. No, that's not the case at all. Men usually try to avoid using condoms at all costs, but that doesn't fucking matter. It sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun and just be safe. I kind of would love for you to turn it around on him and randomly one night be like, can you please put a condom on? Because I think that would just be kind of fun. And I would love to know his reaction. Okay, guys, that is it for this week. Damn, I want to do like an all questions advice episode one of these days because you guys just write in shit that is so incredible. And I thought my life was filled with drama. And then I read your guys' shit and it's just kind of amazing. As always, please, please, please. I hate begging, but I just have to do it. Subscribe, rate, and review the show if you like it and enjoy it and want it to continue on. I will keep you guys updated on my whereabouts. Check out my social media. Sophia with an F, Franklin with a Y. Watch me frolicking around the creepy fields of Switzerland and... I will talk to you guys very soon. Bye, Sleuths.